0: Hello and welcome back. I'm Dr. Nicola Siso and this is Aspen Talks Health. I am so excited about today's interview. Todd Musselman is here with me and he stayed an extra night in Aspen just to be here and I'm really grateful because this community needs your message. Uh, this valley is full of some really beautiful souls but they are going through, through some challenging moments yeah. so I'm really grateful that you're here.
1: Well thanks for having me. My really pleasure. It. Yeah.
0: Good. So let's dive right in. Actually, yesterday, you gave a three-hour speech Mm. on how to live an amazing life, and it was mind-blowing. You had 16 bullet points, uh, (laughs) 16 points of how to make shifts in your life, and they were really powerful. And so we're going to get to some of those today. Unfortunately, not all 16, but uh, I can't wait. So uh, to get started, I, you had one point about changing your story mm. and that touched me because I was raised by a c- very critical mother and, and God bless her, she lo- couldn't have loved me more, I'm the most loving woman on the planet, but she was very critical, mm. you, 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 I couldn't do anything right, right. I, that's how I felt, how <laughs> if I made her a cup of tea, it was either too hot or too cold or if it was full all the way, what are you doing? Or, you know, or if it, was, it wasn't full enough, what, you don't love me? And I, like yes. she's Israeli. So she oh, <laughs> I love it, yeah. A powerful, strong woman, but yeah. just intense. Yeah. Um, so how do I shift this story? Hmm. How do I, I, I've noticed that throughout my life, I, I have these moments of not feeling good enough. Yeah. And it's set me back often. Yeah. So...
1: So, well, first of all, the I'm not good enough is is obviously a uh, challenge that I think every human on the planet faces, that yep. question. And um, it manifests in so many different ways. And it's not necessarily a conscious thought that we have, am I good enough, but it just shows up in our behaviors and right. all the things we do. And so, you know, part of yesterday's message and part of the message that I think is important to, to at least communicate in the world is that... Um, Am I good enough is an unanswerable question, mm. has no answer, and, and yet nobody ever told us that, not in first grade, not in you know, middle school, high school, college. No one ever told us that we're going to spend most of our time uh, at some level trying to answer a question that can't be answered. Ha.
0: Because it's never enough?
1: Well, there's always more you can do to be more than enough. Even more, I could work 70 hours a week instead of 60. I could spend 23 hours with my kids instead of 24 or 12. There's, right. there's always more to do. And the irony is that we're always enough
0: huh.
1: in this moment. And right. that's, that's obviously was the message yesterday that to really put that question in perspective, um, it's almost funny that we spend so much time trying to answer that can't be, uh, trying to answer a question that can't be answered. And so in your case, the experience that you had as a young child was, I'm not enough, right? And right. you carry that in. And so how can I change that story? Well, the story was created when you're four or five or six for most of us. Somebody right. says something to you or you have an experience and you create a meaning around it. And so one is get, having the awareness that it's all made up. Like that's a made up story that you have about yourself, whatever that story is. Some people have a story around being shy, right. stubborn. Um, I don't know what your particular story is or how it manifests. Uh, others are competitive, controlling. Those are all stories we use to get out of things and play spall. And so in my own life, my favorite story that I had about myself was I was disorganized. And, and man, did I use that a lot to get out of things. That's just a story. It's not true. Right. If you looked at my fly box, for instance, you'd see that I'm very organized where I want to be. Right. Right. And so I don't know exactly what the manifestation of your story is. Do you have a particular thing that you tell yourself?
0: No, it's just fascinating. Rationally, I know I'm good enough. I can yeah. accomplish anything. Of course. I want to. I yeah. know that. Yeah. It's the subconscious. I, I'm starting to pay attention to my own inner dialogue, and yeah. it's very judgmental. It's very critical. Mm-hmm. And it can be everything from what I eat to what I say and thinking that someone may have interpreted it wrong or or just it shows up all day.
1: So um, the best answer I could give you from my own perspective is that awareness is the first point of choice. Yeah. Until I'm aware of what's driving my behavior, I cannot choose out of it. Right. And so I guess the the thing I would say how to change that story is being one, aware that I'm trying to answer a question that can't be answered. Yeah. And in many ways, that's pretty damn funny. <laughs> I mean, if you think about what we do to try to answer a question that literally can't be answered, we can't even answer it for ourselves because, again, there's always more to do to be even more than enough. Right. And the irony, again, is we're always enough when we're in Already. this moment. Yeah, we're, uh, look at you. You said, I can do anything I want. Yeah. As long as that fear of not being enough isn't running the show. Right. And so yesterday, I think the big message was choosing love over fear.
0: Right.
1: Right? That's the yeah. overriding message. When I'm coming from love, that question disappears. Hmm. It's f- when I'm coming from fear, the fear of not being good enough, it, it, it drives a lot of what I do and how I show up being yeah. in the world. And I'm, I'm diminished. I can't be my highest self when I'm coming from fear.
0: So true. So if if you're raised another question is if yeah. you're raised in scarcity mm. you have that it's also fear-based thought of course Yeah but our parents a lot of our parents struggled and they so did. Yeah. they I think they installed that fear of scarcity Yeah How do you shift from scarcity to abundance to because my life right now is totally abundant if yeah. you compare my my life to an Indian for example poor right. uh, poor Indian Yeah I'm the, one of the wealthiest probably women they've ever met. But yes. if you compare me to one of the Red Mountain people in Aspen, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm yeah. one of the commoners. <laughs>
1: right, right.
0: I... So how do you shift?
1: So the, the model of abundance and the model of scarcity, were, as, I, as you indicated, probably handed to us by our parents at many levels. And the model of scarcity is nothing wrong with coming from scarcity. It's just not very fun. And, and when we come from the model of scarcity, everything is scarce. Our love is scarce. We hold on to love real tight. We hold on to money real tight. We hold on to friends real tight. It's just a real, it's and it's a pretty serious game. Um, when we come from the model of abundance, everywhere we see there's tons of love. There's tons of money. There's Everything's available to us. Um, if we choose into tapping into that, so to speak, um, how do you shift again, awareness? I, I want, I saw a lot of people were walking around, not really even understanding or even thinking about which model really runs the show for me. Hmm. A lot of people come from the model of scarcity. And again, it's not bad or wrong. It's just not as fun
0: right, <laughs>
1: or as productive right. per se. Um, it's, a, it's a, lot like optimists and pessimist. It's the same kind of, uh, analogy. Um, how do you, how do you choose into optimism, you, you proclaim it. I know that sounds like simple, but right. what you tell yourself matters a lot. So you could be in the world of scarcity your whole life and just decide, you know, um, I've, I've had enough experiences to see that there's there's more than enough in this world. Yeah. And I'm going to come from that place rather than come from this world of there's not enough. Yeah, Because that's, again, the driver of scarcity. There's not enough. There's not enough love. I better hold on to it. There's not yeah. enough money. I better hold on to it. And it's a mind. It's a mindset. It's just a shift your, of how you see it, um, and it's a choice. No one was born an optimist or not. No one was. You you choose into it. That's a choice. Being Great. an optimist is a choice.
0: Gratitude probably helps.
1: Gratitude is incredible. As as we went over yesterday, one of the rituals I believe in strongly is creating my life through intention. Um, I learned this from my coach uh, about seven years ago. That starting every day with uh, some kind of intention. Uh, is a really powerful way to get what you want. In other words, we're really good at crea- creating what we focus on and get w- getting what we focus on. And so for most of my life, life just occurred to me, and I, it just happened to me, and you know, I created some really fun results, and, but I missed out on a lot of stuff because mm. I wasn't intending my life. And as I made the analogy yesterday, living a life without intention is a lot like being a boat without a rudder. Right. It's kind of haphazard, and I certainly was like that for sure. And, uh, and so anyway, about seven years ago, he said, you know, it might be a good idea to start your day every day, 20 minutes, focus on three things in my case. Now, these aren't the only three things. These are just the ones that I create. But I spend 20 minutes in the steam shower every morning right. <laughs> creating my life. And, and I, I ruminate on three big topics. One is, what am I grateful for? Yep. Two is, uh, what do I get to create today? And that's different than, what do I have to do today? Those are completely different things
0: totally different one
1: comes from you know the abundance one comes from scarcity right or victim as I call it the have to mentality is all based in victim
0: yeah
1: versus what do I get to do what do I want to do what who am I going to serve today so the third one is who am I going to serve or how I'm going to serve this group so gratitude creation what am I going to create today and who do I get to serve today those are the three things that I spend 20 minutes on and it's changed my life. Yeah. Truly.
0: It puts you in the mindset of how am I here to serve and, and what a yeah. pleasure and, yeah. and...
1: What an honor. Honor, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Gift it is. To, I, I get to take my kids to school. Totally. I, I yeah. get to do the laundry. I know it sounds... No, it's so it's, true. Yeah. You have these luxuries. It's how it becomes you see a luxury. It, it is. Of how of you
1: How you see it. Nothing's different about the laundry. Right. It's how you see the laundry. One yeah. is I, you know, I get to do it, so I have clean clothes. When I have to do it, it shows up as a burden, and, and it puts you in that kind of that victim mindset. So yeah, yeah.
0: love that. Yeah, you also tapped in on uh, goal setting and and the importance of writing it down. So I did that mm. practice last night, and I wrote down all the things that I really want to pull into my life, yeah. and create. Yes, and what I realized is that. I actually have to, those things that I'm looking for externally, the love, the, the security,
1: mm.
0: is actually what I needed to expand within myself.
1: Say more about that. What do you mean?
0: So, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it was just, it, instead of having the external goal of I'll create abundance externally, and I'll find love, because I, I, I would love to be in a loving relationship, Yeah. Um, I could find that within, and just yeah. and, and expand the love I have for myself. Expand the security. I have all the security I need. Yeah, I have actually way more than I need. Right. If you look at and look at my closet, yeah. I have way more than I need. <laughs>
1: well, you know, it's funny. Um, security is uh, is sort of an illusion. Um, two thousand eight, two thousand nine certainly taught a lot of us that there's no real such thing as real security, at least right. financial security. Right. That said. There's only one person that I've ever met that's financially secure, and that's the person who knows that they can create money whenever they need to,
0: hmm.
1: which is different than thinking or hoping that I can. Like, there's people out there that absolutely know if push came to shove in this moment, I could create money somehow. Right. And that's, that's the only place that I know security comes from. But having X amount of digits in your bank account does not make you secure.
0: No, it goes quick. It
1: can go really fast. <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> yeah, so
0: excellent. So, you gave three steps to the kingdom of freedom, fulfillment, and happiness.
1: Yeah,
0: I loved that sentence, and yeah. you followed it up with the three steps. You, yeah, would you like to share those? Of course, please.
1: Um, so, in my experience, working with lots of people in the realm of upset and suffering, and something traumatic happens in our life, and I've noticed not only in my own life because the same three steps have applied to me in every instance where I've had a lot of big, big things happen, but there's three basic steps to, I think, moving through that that experience and coming on the other side of it in a really positive way. The first step is what I call acceptance and really more brutally honest, accepting what is. Which What I mean by that is that your life... Or your circumstances, whatever they are, are exactly they should be because they can't be any other way. And you're the cause in the matter of your circumstances.
0: So repeat that last part.
1: And you're the cause in the matter of your circumstances. That's
0: the part people and might it, tr- be challenging. And
1: it's tough. I mean, yeah. so, um, gosh, I work with so many people that have had major, tr- you know, major things happen, divorce, affairs, loss of business. And the default initially is to blame other hmm. people for that. And certainly I've been in that camp, too. I've done that. And, and that's a fool's errand, at least to me. And it isn't until you really get that you're the cause and the merit matter of your divorce, whether your spouse had a, an affair or not, I, w- I would welcome you to consider you're 100% responsible for that being so because of all the choices you made along the way that caused that person to choose out and then in, choose into another relationship, as an example.
0: Huh.
1: And, and I would say that to both people. They're both yeah. 100% responsible for that, that being so. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. I actually literally had somebody recently say that, well, I sort of get what you're saying, but I'd be willing to own
0: 20%. As <laughs> if I don't, yeah.
1: it was so funny. Like, how did you come up with 20%? Why didn't you say 40% or right. 10? So, anyway, the first step is really getting, no matter what's going on in your life, you're the cause in the matter.
0: Okay, that makes rational sense now. I get it but let's say there's an example where I have a property manager and she has decided to keep a good chunk of the security deposit after I moved out. And from my perspective, it was totally unjustified Mm. and it probably brings up a a story that I've created that people will take advantage of you if you don't kind of watch them, Yeah, which isn't even my story. It's my mom's, which is funny, but um, I've, taking ownership of it yeah how was that my responsibility what her behavior was
1: so what gosh that's a long conversation nicola i could i can give you my short answer yeah most likely you don't have a strong agreement in place to protect yourself right
0: right
1: it always comes down to that you might have had a handshake you might have had some nebulous agreement that's not really clear and so i spend so much time working with people uh about the distinction between having an expectation of someone and an agreement with someone, and they're massively different.
0: Yes, expectations massively. are completely so
1: different. So, in, in, in a lot of the distressed marriages that I work in as a coach, uh, one of the reasons they're in the room with me, so to speak, is they are, their whole marriage is based on expectations. Usually around five things. Money, sex, time spent together, communication, and if you have them, parenting. Kids. Huh those five things we have expectations of our partner but no agreements and so i can expect you to make forty thousand dollars a year to contribute to our family but if you don't agree to it that's only going to go one way or i can expect us to spend every weekend together as a spouse but if if you didn't agree to it and you want to go skiing all day which happens oh i don't know about nine thousand times in this valley (laughs) every weekend right there's a there's an expectation but no agreement. So they run around in a state of upset all the time.
0: And maybe it's not even communicated, the expectation.
1: It, it, that most of them aren't. That's ha. the funny thing about it.
0: So you're supposed to live up to this expectation <laughs> you that don't you even don't even know, know about. about.
1: Right. So going back to the to scenario, you, you, how am I responsible, I would just check with the agreements you had. Yeah. And by the way, you said something that I, I do want to come back to. You said, um, people take advantage of me. And I would say, not without your permission.
0: Right, right.
1: I don't think it's possible to be taken advantage of without your permission.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and on the flip side, I see each occurrence as my opportunity. It's presented to me as maybe that's my the universe giving me an, uh, an opportunity to practice letting go.
1: Totally. Yeah. You know? and, and, and learn. <laughs> yeah. So acceptance yeah. I'm in the cause of the matter. That's the first step. Got it. Second, Second. step is forgiveness. Right. And that's a big one. Yeah. Right? And, and, again, um, it's about self-forgiveness in some cases. In many cases, it's about forgiving yourself. Right. It's, it can be about forgiving the other person. And, what I, again, what I see over and over again, I can't tell you how many times I'll say, so tell me about where you are in the world of forgiving your partner or whatever, the, in this case, the person that took your money. And what people will say, well, I'm working on it, which I die laughing. I'm like, oh, really? Really? Tell me about that like there's no there's no action in working on it as as you probably saw me do yesterday i want you to work on grabbing that glass no you just grabbed it i want you to work on it right it's (laughs) a great (laughs) it's a big out we give ourselves to not actually take an action it sounds really great oh you're working on forgiveness there's no nothing to work on Hmm. you either choose in or you choose out and it doesn't make sense not to forgive somebody Unless you like giving your power and your energy and your love and affinity to the one person in the world, you wouldn't want to have it. Right. And so forgiveness is really as much about me taking my power back as it is about anything else. And what I notice is most people are unwilling to forgive other people in their life because they'd rather be right than happy.
0: Right. Big one.
1: You know, as, a, as an example, I'm working with a guy whose wife had an affair and... Um, so now they're divorced, and he's estranged from his kids, wow. N- really lost most of his friends because he's a very angry guy, and, um, and his, his job has <laughs> changed. He's lost his job, but he is right. She did have the affair, so he keeps pointing to that, and all the while he's destroying his life because he won't move into forgiveness and more importantly he hasn't accepted he's in the cause in the matter of the divorce by how he was showing up for only those 15 years where he wasn't present does that make sense yeah and we could just use that as an example going to the third step which is so let's say you go through forgiveness the third step is being grateful for the pain and suffering and everything you got from that experience Hmm. and that's the payoff that's where the gold is mined, is when we actually become grateful for all that we've been through, especially the pain and the suffering.
0: Yeah, because you see the lessons, of that. Yeah, the
1: lesson, the growth. And, it's, and so my litmus test for, for this whole thing and transcending and experience, tough, a tough one in your life, are you grateful for it? And if you're, if you're not grateful, then you're, you're, there's more work to do. Because right. that's, that's the final step, and that's, the, that's what I call the completion step. Where you get complete with that experience, so so that you can use it for your upliftment, not your suffering. Yeah. And that's the basic choice, right? Something happens, big, a divorce, whatever that is, and you have two choices: suffering, upliftment over that event.
0: Is there a period of grief that is totally acceptable? And of course, give yourself that time, and then okay, let's look at the lessons here.
1: Well, no matter what, I mean, are there? Could there be people that immediately go to upliftment? over? I, I've, not, I've not met that person. Right. We all go to the suffering. Or well,
0: if you stuff it down. Yeah, we all going. go to
1: the suffering initially, but it's the people that use that eventually for their upliftment. Those are the ones with a twinkle in their eye and walking oh. around, and you're like, what, they've got something. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. What do
1: they have? What do they know that I don't know? Because we've also met people that are still holding on to the suffering 20 years later. Right? You say, hey, Nicola, how's it going? Well... It's going okay, but you know, my, my husband and I got a divorce because he had an affair 20 years ago. Wow. Remember, you've read, met yeah. people like that, and you're yeah. like, yeah, I know that because you tell me that every single time I see you. Oh, and so I they're, they're immersed and stuck in the victim mindset. Yeah. That's just where they come from.
0: And so the shifting is going, going from acceptance it's, to it's forgiveness, forgiveness to gratitude. And
1: most of them haven't even accepted that they're the cause in the matter of what's ever happening to them, they resist that.
0: Well, a child dying or something like that, you can't, yeah, I can imagine still, you can't accept.
1: It's still an acceptance thing. You're not the cause of the matter of them dying, obviously, but right. you're accepting that they're gone. Okay. Most parents in that circumstance understandably spend a lot of time in the world of wishing and hoping that they were still here. Right. And so you're fighting reality and you can't move through you the can't process move no you're just and I get it
0: yeah of course
1: you know and as best I can I haven't lost a child so I can't say I really get it how would right. I know but, yeah,
0: yeah, of course. Um, but then you're not you're not able to be in service if you're still stuck in that space no Yeah.
1: mostly to yourself or the people you love you're, yeah. you occur in a different way Yeah. your, your energy is down your personal powers down and your love and affinity is compromised
0: yeah. talk to us <clears> about <throat> presence this was a big one yesterday. Yes, it
1: was. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously, lots of buzz around being in the moment in the last 15, 20 years and the, and, and how important it really is and, and I can't overstate how important it really is. <laughs> um, in my vernacular, there's only one place that magic shows up in the human experience and that's this moment. Hmm. That's the only place that magic shows up. And you know one of the reasons the most present people on the on the planet as a group are these little people running around our our houses they're called children but not just any children young little ones
0: yeah
1: you know one to three typically and the reason they're so present and so happy is because they're spend all day creating Hmm. they're just they're creating machines and yeah sometimes they create messes but they just create 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 (laughs) all day long right Yep. and and so they're always present if you went up to a three-year-old and said hey are you present right now they're like what are you talking about but something happens around four five or six this question enters our brain and it changes everything and the question is how am i looking right now
0: hmm.
1: which is another iteration for am i good enough but in that particular case it's how am i looking so they start noticing how they're looking we notice how we're looking at four five or six
0: right
1: it changes the game and we lose all that magic and so for the rest of our lives, at least in my experience, we're all, in one way or another, trying to get back into the moment. We do some amazing things to do it. Um, so presence is everything. It's the portal to everything. Like, let me give you an example. I, I, I'm, I don't know if you've been in a loving relationship, but I'm, I'm assuming you have. And yes. let's say, so you're in a loving relationship and you really love your partner. And, in, and you're in a conversation and in that conversation, you know your partner isn't present.
0: Right.
1: You just get that sense that yeah. they're off somewhere else. Yeah. Are you loving them then? No, no, right? You love them, but in that moment, because they're not willing to be present with you, the yeah. love and affinity mo- leaves that conversation, and if they do that often enough, you'll leave the relationship yeah. because you don't trust that, that, that you you're important enough for them to be with you right. in this moment, right. And so it's so crazy. I mean, <laughs> anything, I love fly fishing. That's one of the ways that I connect to my spirit. And, and it's what I do for fun. And the reason I do it, and it's so is because normally when I go fly fishing, I slow down, I'm in the moment. There's nothing else existing for up to 15 hours in a row. However, if I have something that I've left behind that I know I probably should be doing, right. when I get to the river, I'm not present. I might as well not be there. There's no joy coming for me because the one thing that is all the magic is gone because I'm not present. Huh. And I, I just call it being clean when I get to the river. If I'm not clean, if there's something in the back of my mind, I might as well not even go. Interesting. And I don't know if you've had that experience. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And so presence is everything. <laughs> yeah. It really is. And if you, if you, you know, I, I love one of the questions I love to ask. I didn't do this yesterday, but I normally do. I go around the room and say, what do you do for fun? and you know all kinds of different answers and you might say hiking i don't know what you would say what would you say if i ask you what you do for fun
0: definitely hiking around here is gorgeous yeah
1: and why do you love it
0: it's just you're in nature you right away you hear the river it's a cleanser
1: yeah Yeah, okay and and but for me the real reason is it calls you into being in the moment
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: right whatever it is that we do for fun i've started playing hockey recently and i love it because it calls me into being in the moment yeah that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. So that's the beauty of presence. It's so incredible. And it's it's getting more and more challenging yeah. to slow down because of all the distractions we create in our world, the cell phone, social media, it's, yeah. it's really distracting us from being in this magic, I think.
0: Yeah, you made a beautiful, you told a beautiful story about a big, strong man who would always come in yes. with, on his cell phone and, yeah. and go right to the TV with a beer and, and didn't Interact. acknowledge really his daughter. Yeah. And, and then the one day that he did that, he had the time of his life yeah just finally yeah. being fully present, present with, with her, his putting daughter phone down yep yeah yeah and it made a massive difference a for her huge as well. difference
1: yeah Yep.
0: yeah beautiful well, we're running out of time for Grassroots, the TV show. However, I do have a few more questions for you if of you don't course. mind sticking around. Yeah. And we'll continue this conversation on AspenTalksHealth.com. And we're going to discuss suicide because that's a big issue in this valley. And Todd has some beautiful contributions in that area that he can share some wonderful insights that will really help some of the parents in this valley. So stay tuned for that. That's going to continue on Aspen Talks Health. You can skip to minute 30 on the video, if you like, if you don't want to review everything we've already talked about, uh, and then you'll you'll get some of those answers as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for Thank being you. on the show. You I'm bet. so excited that Absolutely. you made time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you. you. Yeah. We'll have you back again. I'm sure. It'd be great. Good.